Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick, and with me are my cousins, Justin and Derek. We are recording this podcast on August 31st, 2016. Another boring, uneventful week. Hey, fellas? Oh, shut up, man. It's game week here. We've made it, guys. We survived a complete off-season. Here we go. Damn straight. Yeah. Another season where we get to prove how bad we are. Come on. These guys aren't going to improve that much. Good night, everybody. Okay, so we are going to go into our first topic then, which is an overview of the Husker season and what we can expect. Uh, the Fresno State game is this week, and I'm really not that interested or concerned about the opponent, and I guess neither is the Fresno B. They seem ashamed of them. Uh, but I think this game is a tone setter for the rest of the season. Now, what do I want from the rest of the season? Well, I mean, you know, I'll take in the words of uh, John Cook, dreaming big, a national championship. But, you know, unfortunately, that's not the real world. And there's only one world that I know of, and that's the world of pure imagination. So I'll leave it to my cousins. Uh, realistically, what do you think are the expectations this year? Well, realistically, I think we're a nine-win team. Uh, I think with a little bit of luck, we can get to the ten wins easy and probably compete for that uh, West uh, championship crown. Uh, at worst case, you know, worst case, I think we're a seven win team, but we, we got, we got all the ingredients there, guys. We got a great, uh, receiver crew. We got a great line or uh, running back crew. Uh, Tommy Armstrong is in his fourth year defense. There's uh the linebacking core is stellar. There's a lot of ingredients there to get to the nine win. Realistically, the World Series is the uh, goal to get. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I'm talking about the wrong sport here. Go Cubs. However, get back to Nebraska. Hey. Fairweather fan. I've been a Husker. I've been a, I've been a Husker fan and a Cubs fan all my damn life. Thank you. But Nebraska still has a lot of holes. Our offensive line's not going to be good. So I, until they prove it. Our defensive line is not going to be great. Our defensive line is going to affect our secondary. So we're probably going to give up a lot of passing yards again. And I think we'll be better than last year. But to compete for the national title is absurd. To yeah, compete no for a Big Ten that. title, we, we could win the West. But we're not going to win the Big Ten title. We're not going to beat Ohio State or Michigan or whoever we end up playing in that game. I think to look at anything beyond nine wins is a miracle. Uh, but that's a great thing if you want to call it a positive thing about having such a terrible season last year. You can only There's only one direction to go, and that's up. And this team, fortunately, along with the coaching staff, has that one mission in mind. They want to improve. They want to get themselves back to that plateau of nine wins and then move beyond that coming up. And, to re hey. and how they're going to do that is they're going to go back to the past. They're going to depend a lot more on the run. They're going to have more of a power game. And Tommy Armstrong is going to redeem himself and use his legs a lot more often. His natural affinity and where he works best at. Hey, even Bill Callahan went from five and six to eight and four. So even if Mike Riley does that, I'm not convinced that it makes anything different. I think, I think the thing is, is that 
for one thing, I think Riley is a better coach than Callahan because he's not coaching in terms of the system. He's ter- he's coaching in terms of the players. He knows what these players are capable of. They're not the ideal players he wants in the future. The Calabrasca kids, the spread offense, you know, God help him with that. True. Can... Okay. True. But last year he told us he was going to play to the strength of the team too. And last year he did not do it. But he didn't have a very good indication of what this team was capable of. He was taking what he knew at Oregon State and trying to implement it into a power Big Ten football team. It's not going to work like that. But the trick is, is that he figured it out. Bill Callahan never did. Yeah, I did think he figure that, it out? I think so. I think the UCLA game was a huge catalyst for the running game and the ability to use uh, Tommy Armstrong's legs and the way that the game transpired. You know, when Tommy Armstrong was running full bore, you know, the it opened up uh, the passing lanes and he was be able to pass a little bit better or a lot better, I should say. Tommy Armstrong, well, he's a I, natural playmaker using his legs. That's well, that's all well, he's ever well, done. As you know me as the stat guy, this is not a surprise that we ran the ball well against UCLA. They were 114th in the nation in running defense last year. So, yeah, so we what? ran the ball so well what? against them. It doesn't so mean we're going to do it this year. It provides a template, though, does it not? It provides a way. How, if we stick how? to that way, how, running the ball. How, how at does, some point, having some sort of a hybrid between the spread and a power game, which I think is possible. And I but, how, but, how does, but how does beating a team by running the ball, knowing they can't stop the run, prove that that's what they're going to do this year how does that do that it's a way it's a way and it's more conducive to playing big 10 football than not and besides the fact you're utilizing all your weapons you're not minimizing tommy armstrong and you're not certainly minimizing our run game and i think this coaching staff trusts those players to do it I think that's the difference. There's a real trust now in understanding what everyone is capable of, what they're not capable of, and what they can do. You you can trust them all you want. But at the end of the day, they're not going to run Tommy Armstrong anymore than they did last year because they're not going to want to lose him because we have nobody behind him. The only guy that can truly play behind him can't play because he transferred. That's a good point. And I think one of the uh, scenarios we can maybe hope for is that the running game is so effective that it minimizes needing to have Tommy run. I think I think we have to have him run at certain points, but we have to be very selective on how we use him in that regard. And in any case, look, that's that's far in the future for the season. I'm just worried about this week, which I think is critical to Nebraska's psyche in getting them back to some sort of a tabula rasa state where they clean out all this bad negative stuff from last year. Well, you know, you want to talk about running the ball, you know, what we need to really clean up, and this is the perfect time to test it out on Fresno State, which is really bad. But one of the things that we didn't do well last year is running the ball when we wanted to or when we had to run the ball. Whether it was coaching decisions or whether it was execution, we were bad on that aspect. So what I want to see, not only in this Fresno State game, but throughout the year, is running the ball 
when we want to and when we have to. And whether if that's Tommy Armstrong using his legs, so be it. That's what he excels at. Use it. Don't leave it there. The other so, th- come the on, other, run it. The other thing is, is that he is voluntarily offering himself to run. It's not like Riley is ordering him to run. He wants to run. So he's willing to put himself out there. Why deny Tommy Armstrong the opportunity to do that? So, so are you trying to tell me that last year he was not willing to run? What I'm saying is, is that if he's got the tools, it would be foolish to ignore them. He's got the tools. He's got the will. And this guy is tough. I feel a lot okay, more comfortable did, with him running the ball than Taylor Martinez, who had his spindly little legs churning, and you were afraid they were going to snap off at any minute. Did, did he gain a new ability that I'm not sure of? This, this guy's ability has been there from the get-go. Well, it's and the coaching staff, staff did not. It's the coaching ho- staff would, recognizing that. I would hope so. They, I mean, coming in, that if they watched any film from the two years before, they should have been able to realize that. Look, the point is, is that Nebraska has to win big against Fresno State. They're going to use all their weapons, and they've got to win with their base offense. They can't give away everything in the bag. That would be foolish. But they have but to have I, a good showing in Lincoln. Anything less, that, that, and it would be counterproductive and maybe even detrimental to the rest of the season. That, that's all fine, but at the end of the day, you can't lose Tommy Armstrong. If you lose him, the season's over. I'm not concerned. We have nobody behind him. Health. Okay. I'm not, I get it. All, all, all it takes is one shot to the knee. I mean, not that, I, not that I hope that happens, but that's all it takes is one shot. He's a tough kid. I have a lot more faith in Tommy yeah. being healthy than a lot of the other ones. All right. You could, you could, you could, be, you could be healthy all you want, but... If your knee gives, you're done. Period. Ask him what a person now. All right. I think. Uh, let me, yeah. Let me ask you guys question. one question here. So you know we're basically admitting that Fresno State they're not going to be much of a challenge. But if there is a weakness that they could exploit, what is that weakness? Whether it's our offense or defense, what weakness could they exploit to uh, make this game interesting? Oh, absolutely. They will exploit our defense. Our defensive line is going to put no pressure on that quarterback again this year like they did last year. We have John Perella as a defensive line coach. That's all they did back in the old days was rush the quarterback. That was their M.O. I don't see That's fine. That's fine. But he's got to have the athletes to do that. I think I'm not sure if they're there yet. I think he does. He's got freedom. He's got the Davis twins and he's got he's gotten Stoltenberg. I mean, those are some pretty big fellas, and it's all ahead with him. I think I think Nebraska's gotten past this whole thing of between-the-ears techniques and just going by emotion, which is what Perella stresses. I think they'll be fine. I think it's going to be incremental. It's going to be an incremental I, process, but they'll be fine. I love the Davis Twins. Don't get me wrong. But we're talking about redshirt freshmen here. If you're relying on them to put pressure on the quarterback – we're in trouble. They're not even starters. I mean, which is why you have your linebackers. Your linebackers will. You have the defensive line plug in the gaps. Linebackers will go in there and penetrate the backfield. Elementary football. Look into it, Derek. True, but did you watch some of our linebacker blitzes last year? There were times our linebackers blitzed where they came in three seconds late. 
And by the time they even blitzed, they already had the pass gone. There's a reason we gave up almost 300 yards passing last year. I honestly think that we are going to be – we're not going to have any sort of fancy blitz packaging against Fresno State. I, I don't think there would be any use for it. But bottom Which line, is why I think that they will continue to pass. I think they will pass against us. I think they will get some yards against us and probably some points out of those yards. They may get points, but I don't, I don't anticipate any uh, big plays in volumes like what, what we're used to seeing. I, I don't see it. Look, they're, they're a bad I, I, think that's, I think that's going to be the only scores you see are going to be big plays. You know what? Hey, if they light us up, guys, this is going to be a long year. It's going to be a long absolutely. year. Well, absolutely it will be. Well, let's hope I don't they don't light up the scores though. too bad. And speaking of scores, I think we need to move into the week one predictions here. Uh, first up, we have Jacksonville State at UNLV, uh, which is significant. Why? Which is significant because uh, Johnny Stanton used to play quarterback at Nebraska, so we want to give our props to him uh, for earning the start. Best of luck to him and the running reps. Uh, what do you guys got for that one? Hey, absolutely. I'm glad that he finally landed somewhere where he's going to play. And he's the starter. You know, he's there with Barney Cotton and John Garrison. Good for him, man. I'm glad he's finally getting a shot. He wasn't going to get a shot at Nebraska, so go get him. A- absolutely. Absolutely. All, all the all the props in the world to the Johnny Stan. He had a tough road. Came in with a torn ACL, had to redshirt, couldn't ever get past Tommy Armstrong, and now he's going to go UNLV and he's going to kick ass. <laughs> I guess that's a compliment. And we're going to move on to the next game on our week one predictions, which is South Carolina at Vanderbilt. Two SEC cellar dwellers. <laughs> this game's tomorrow night start on somewhere. Thursday. Yeah, they, they sure do. You know, Vanderbilt's going to run away the, run away with this game, but unlike Texas A&M two years ago, this win will not catapult them in the top 25. Won't happen. Well, I'm, I'm obviously missing something here in the Vanderbilt hype. They're not good. They're not going to be any better than they were in the past. South Carolina runs away with this game. Easy. It's not about Vanderbilt being a great team. It's about... South Carolina not having any talent. Well, Vanderbilt has less talent, so there you go. Resurgence of South Carolina begins on uh, this week, so I'm going to go with the Gamecocks in that one. Uh, Next after that, we have Western Michigan at Northwestern Wildcats. This game surprises me here. Northwestern is five-and-a-half-point favorites. How can that be? That's a soccer bet, I think. But I do think Northwestern wins. Oh, absolutely. Northwestern wins this game. Northwestern wins this game fairly big. Not as big because they have no offense, but they win this game big. Their defense holds Western Michigan damn near nothing. Can't bet against Pat Fitzgerald. Great coach. They're go- he's going to have the defense going, and I think they're going to have a good year in the Big Ten, so i got to go with Northwestern. Uh, next after that, we got Oklahoma Sooners and the Houston Cougars. This is going to be a great game, guys. I can't wait for this one. Uh, you know me. I love the little guy, and I want to root for Houston in this game, but Oklahoma's too good. They're one of the better teams in the nation, and they're going to beat Houston and squash their dreams. 
I will say this. I will say this. Oklahoma tends to produce when they are underrated. But when they're ranked number four in the country, they tend to underproduce. However, I don't think Houston's very good. Not as good as people give them credit for, at least. And Oklahoma wins this game. Significant game for uh, Houston. This could basically be Tom Herman's audition for the Big 12. And if he has a good showing, uh, Welcome Matt's going to be right there. And his first step into a larger world begins. But defense beats offense. Oklahoma Sooners win. Okay, after that, LSU at Wisconsin in Lambeau Field. (laughs) So, Wisconsin, they got a tough schedule this year. Starts off with LSU. Wisconsin ain't doing anything this year. Brand new quarterback, and they're a great defensive coordinator, Aranda. He's at LSU. LSU knows Wisconsin's. They know he knows everything about him. LSU wins. All right. Well, well, let's not forget that LSU has not had a quarterback since probably Jamarcus Russell, who fizzed out in the NFL faster than I can crap on a beer night. <laughs> Don't remind me. <laughs> So, look, the SEC never travels past past that southeast. The furthest west they go is Dallas, and the furthest north they go is Columbia, Missouri. They're not going anywhere. They're not going to be any better this year than they were last year. Wisconsin wins this game. They will wear them out. They will wear them out. It's not like LSU is going to lose magical powers because they cross whatever plane it is, you know. True, hey. true. But they're not used to Big Ten football. They're just not. Uh, All right. I think the environment's going to be a factor, and that environment is the house where uh, House Lombardi built. I think uh, Fournette's going to have a good game, and uh, this will put him back in the Heisman uh, lookout. So uh, I'm going to go with LSU in that one. UCLA at Texas A&M, big-time season for Kevin Sumlin. It sure is. He's coaching for his job here, isn't he? Yeah. You know, he's uh, beat two top 25 teams his last two outings. You know what? He, he loses steam here. UCLA goes into Kyle Field and gets the upset. Not an upset. They get the win. Well, let, let's not forget that the one team that you're talking about, them upsetting, was – South Carolina, who ended up being unranked in the end of the season. And so they weren't a very good team to begin with. They were just overrated. However, there's no way I see A&M beating UCLA in this game. I just don't don't see it. His luck's going to run out on these opening day games, and UCLA is just too fast for him. Thank you for agreeing with me. (laughs) It's someone's last stand. (laughs) UCLA is going to win this game big, and I think someone's uh, tenure at A&M is very short. Uh, After that, we've got the Trojans at Alabama. You know what? USC upsets Alabama in this game. I know Alabama has a lot more talent. Yes, I am. Alabama has a lot more talent than USC. And if this game was played... Five or six games from now, Alabama would be all over USC. But as the first game with Alabama replacing a quarterback and Derrick Henry, come on, man. USC scores the upset. No way. Absolutely not. You're forgetting who the coaches are. USC has, oh, I, I don't know. I don't even know this coach's name. 
because it's it's irrelevant. Alabama has Nick Saban. He's going to win this game, and he's going to win it big. Yeah, Darth Saban's going to put the fear of uh, the Sith into his players. They're going to win this game. So, roll tide, Alabama. Whoa, Nelly. All right, and on Sunday night, big-time game with Notre Dame versus the Longhorns. Well, you know what? This game, fortunately, this game will not be as big of a blowout as it was last year. But Texas still lose by, loses by two touchdowns. Absolutely. Te- Texas loses this game big. Charlie Strong probably, if he has a job at the end of the, or at the end of this season, is lucky. I don't he's not gonna turn things around at Texas. And they lose huge to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's way better than Texas right now. I disagree. I think Charlie Strong's turnaround begins this season, but not in this game. So I'm going to pick the Irish in this one. But Charlie Strong will turn it around. Uh, and la- uh, well, not last, but we have Ole Miss uh, versus Florida State. I think Florida State's one of the top-notch teams in the country. they got loads of talent. And uh, they're going to manhandle Mississippi. The line is four and a half on this game in Orlando. Florida State, hands down, killing them. I think you're full of the corn I crapped out this morning. Florida State's not the best team in the country by any stretch of imagination. But Ole Miss has way too many distractions with all the pay in the players and whatever else is going on in that school. Florida State does win this game. I agree, although not quite as graphically with my cousin. I think uh, Ole Miss has too many distractions. Uh, The Knowles will win that one big. All right, and now it's time for the Break the Bank in Vegas game. What do you guys got? Oh, I got that Florida State game hands down. That that four-and-a-half spread, that's crazy. That's crazy. Florida State's way too good. In Orlando, yeah. Bet it all, baby. Hey, I'll tell you what. You can go that route or you can go the real route. Look, Michigan is favored by 40-and-a-half over Hawaii. Ain't happening. They might win by 40. But they ain't winning by 41. No way. Michigan has no offense. They just have a great defense. They're not winning by 40 and a half points in this game. I don't know. I think uh, Hawaii proved that they can't play. However, I will say that uh, it's pretty much a coaching cliche that the second game, there's a very drastic improvement compared to the first game. Uh, Do you see that happening here? Uh, You have any chance of Michigan embarrassing uh, Hawaii? By more than 40? I mean, isn't 30 points embarrassing enough? I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends. I, it, yeah, it, they're not winning by 40 and a half. Not in my opinion. But right. go on. Okay, and now with that, we have our game of the week, which is Fresno State Bulldogs at our Nebraska Cornhuskers. So, That's the you know, best you can come up with? It was on, it was on I'm short I'm just kidding. It was on I'm short just kidding. Notes. Go right. Big Red. And this Fresno State game just snuck up on him. All right, you know, this this game right here, we've already talked about the running of the ball. You know, if Tommy Armstrong does what I think he's going to do is make better decisions and let less turnovers, we get more sacks and fewer big plays in the secondary. It's going to be a great year, 9-10 wins. But this game against Fresno State, who is 
bad. We win 48-17. No way. This game's a little closer than that. Not by much, but it's a little closer than that. They have a fast-paced offense that will, will hurt our defense a little bit. They're going to come up with some big plays. Nebraska wins 41-24. I think it's going to, to stick with the digestive tract uh, theme, I think this is going to be a colonic between the hashes for Nebraska. This is going to be a cleansing, a big red exorcism, where they get rid of all this crap and all this sewage that's been pounded down their throats about how last year was such a disappointment. And they were filled with self-doubt, lack of confidence. Take your pick. Nebraska's going to win this big and win big all the way, 42-7. to seven. Wow, that, I like that. You know, and Derek, that, your pick really surprises me. For you having Nebraska winning the Big Ten West for a 15-point win here uh, in opening week against well, nobody. Let's not forget that I have Nebraska win the Big Ten West with an eight and four record. I think the Big Ten West is terrible this year again. Fresno State might be the weakest team we play, dude. No, I, I disagree with that. I hope. I hope. That, I hope I am absolutely wrong on that. But there's no way we play Purdue. We play Indiana. <laughs> we play. Indiana, hey, look, well, Wyoming. That's that's in I the mean, future. We're worried about Saturday. It'll be a nice tune-up, and it'll give us a clean slate so we can prepare to kick ass down the line. Uh, special shout-out to the Nebraska soccer team beating Oregon State in double overtime last weekend. Nebraska is very quietly flourishing in women's athletics. Title IX was the best thing to ever hit UNL. If you want to leave comments and messages or leave us a topic to talk about on a future show, you can reach us at the Husker Cuzcast Facebook page as well as the page on Podbean. And with that, we out! Enjoy the game, Husker Nation. Beat the Bulldogs and go Big Red! Go Big Red!